Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. I am having a great time talking with librarians who have taken their skills to industry. Our skills work in any setting and my guests are proof of that. My guest today is Tawny Swerdlin. Tawny is experienced designer at Mission College. She has also held roles in content strategy and marketing. Tawny, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your work and what kind of projects you take on. Well, um, I so I currently uh, my niche is higher education um, because that's always been my interest as a former librarian. Um, I do everything website related, uh, ranging from uh, UX UI design to content strategy and design. Um, a bit of project management, although that's a little more unofficial. <laughs> um, uh, writing, I'm a writer, and I also do some front-end web development. Oh. What traditional library skills do you use in your position? Uh, I use a lot of them, uh, especially uh, information architecture. Um, I actually did take well, this isn't a traditional library skill, but we did have this at, at um, San Jose State, uh, uh, UX design, prototyping, um, and those related skills. Um, what else? Uh, natural curiosity, organization, um, the ability, yeah, the ability to put order to things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a one one skill but you know that's probably like the the umbrella skill yeah i guess of, of library school <laughs> oh i'm sorry this i need to my thing keeps me <laughs> i'm gonna quit out of the music okay sorry about that that's okay so how do you add value to your organization because of your library skills and experience well um I have both the experience of working in a traditional library, um, as well as in the private sector in various, mostly technology and entertainment um, organizations. So I can speak to both sides. They have very different process processes of doing things. So on the mm -hmm. academic side, there's a lot they of sure committees. Do. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of committees. People want to have uh, every bit of information possible right up front, which I always have to push back against. Um, and then on the industry side, it's a little more mm, streamlined. They're, they're less bogged down in the details, typically, um, more focused on making money. Um, so I try to bridge the gap there because I'm really not either of those. I think I'm right in the middle um, because my passion is education, higher education and uh, providing opportunities to people. And But I have the experience of the private sector at this point, so I can at least streamline projects a bit. Sounds like a really good combination mm -hmm. of experiences. How does your library degree make you a better fit for your position than someone who doesn't have your background? Well, um, 
most people in this position do not have my background. They may have uh, earned a uh, graphic design uh, undergraduate degree. They may have a MBA. They have various, um, or just a four-year liberal arts degree of some kind, which I also have. Um, but there's a specific, yeah, there's a specific language that um, earning an MLIS provides. There's, uh, you know, we can talk a little more about it, but I think there's problems with the current state of library schools, but there is a, a language that, that lends itself well to the um, college environment, um, working with staff and faculty. Yeah, there's, there's actually research on this where like using, if you have library or librarian in your title, you make mm -hmm. less money yeah. in a corporate setting <laughs> than if you're called information or you have some other title because yeah. the, uh, the stereotype hurts you. Yeah. It's also sexist, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sure is. What roles or positions have you reported to? Like which um, like business units have you have you been in? Mostly marketing, actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think I yeah, usually a marketing director is my boss of bosses. Um, let me think though. Uh, yeah, typically marketing director. That that's been the, the maybe possibly chief technology officer as well, um, but not usually. Yeah, I can see where that would be marketing. Yeah, yeah. So it's usually a marketing technologist. That's typically the the head honcho. Okay. What kind of goals do you have in your position? Um to filter the requests I get and, and make sure that the important stuff gets done. Because like I mentioned before, there's a lot of getting lost in the weeds that happens in an organization mm -hmm. and especially in education. So I like to have a compassionate approach to people's requests, but at the same time, you know, maintain my own uh, brand standards and, you know, I want to have a high quality of work. I'm definitely a bit of a perfectionist, which can bite me in the butt sometimes, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I need to keep things moving and to finish projects and not get weighed down with every little tiny detail. Um, and then also to just keep learning. I, I usually take, um, courses in my spare time, even if it's just online, um, you know, Code Academy or something, just to mm -hmm. keep sharp. I really missed um, the lack of interpersonal um, learning opportunities in the past year, almost two years now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I really don't, I'm not too interested in online conferences. Like I'd like to go back to I'd like to go to Confab again. I'd like to take more courses um, and interact with people one-on-one. -on -one. So yeah, just uh, staying sharp, keep advancing, you know, learning the new trends uh, and then staying connected with my community. I was just having this conversation with a friend yesterday about 
how after we're through the pandemic, will employers support conference attendance in person? Because mm. we've been doing so much virtually when sessions are really valuable, but the real value comes with networking and meeting people in between sessions and going out for dinner and yeah. in the exhibit hall and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see. And some people don't find value in that. They just mm -hmm. want the session, the hard information, and then log off and go back to work. But I, I personally get a lot out of an in-person conference, mm -hmm. just all of it. The whole, the whole thing is just so valuable, meeting new people, making those mm -hmm. connections. You never know when partnerships will happen with your employer or you know, in professional associations, the connections you make there, a lot of that, it builds every year at conference. So I really hope employers see the value in that. I agree, and, and it's, uh, uh, you know, I, the, the Zoom, Zoom conferences have the issue for me of lacking, I, I can't pay attention to eight hours of Zoom, I, and, uh, you know, I don't want to have dogs, my dogs barking in the background, but <laughs> we're back in the office at this point, so at least there's not that, but, you know, then if I'm in the office, then I'm handling emails, I have plenty of stuff to do here and the opportunity just to remove myself from my office for a few days and focus on getting excited about something again. I'm, I find it, it's difficult to network during an online conference. Mm -hmm. They have a networking space, but whenever I go to it, no one's ever in it. Mm. So I'm not sure how effective that is or I'm not sure if maybe the platform needs needs a boost on getting people to maybe throw out topics or something, hmm. have an unofficial unconference going on the whole time. But yeah, I think, yeah. you know, online conferences are just so different. Totally. I completely agree with you. And the, there's a couple that I've been to that um, they're online, did like a one day conference. And when you watch it online, they don't charge anything. Mm. but now so it might even be a bigger thing to now go back to paying even if it's local if you've been watching it for free even though obviously there's less expense with a yeah. virtual so it'll be interesting in the next couple of years how that how that all shakes out i'm sure hotels and conferences planners and exhibit people and all that are pretty worried about the next yeah. five years the last year probably but the next five is probably not Super well, now it's been like two years. I, I just looked the other day at, you know, what conferences I want to go to. I mean, I've been to SLA conference. I've been to various things over the years. Um, but there, I didn't see, a, you know, anything in person yet, except for maybe 2022, like mm -hmm. maybe mid, mid 2022. And that's what I'm going to present to my boss. And he said, yeah, we can pay for that probably That's so good. I yeah I think I can go but it's been <laughs> quite a gap at the, by this point so I, yeah, I don't hope so I don't know if um like next like next summer or fall mm -hmm. conference will have record attendance <laughs> because people <laughs> want to go somewhere <laughs> and see people that are doing what they're doing mm -hmm. or if it won't be record attendance because the employers are like uh, I don't think so yeah, we'll see. Or even if conferences pivot into have some sort of hybrid of virtual and in person, it'll be I interesting. Does that market shakes out? Yeah. What suggestions can you give librarians who want to move into a position in UX? 
Well, uh, I would, I'd suggest doing some uh, continuing, continuing education. There's always courses in, um, you know, just universities have basically night classes or online classes. Um, I did stuff from uh, UC Berkeley extension when I wanted to go in a different direction in my career. Um, then I also did University of the Arts, although I didn't finish the certification, but it was a good way to, to get a nice little foundation. And then because I've been doing this UX work unofficially for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that if I actually just have a, that officially in my title, I'd get a better salary. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what I would suggest. I'd suggest taking a course or two and that should probably be enough in combination with reframing your previous work to get some sort of uh, position. And I think that the UX space is such a perfect area for librarians mm -hmm. because we know how things should work. Mm -hmm. It's just a perfect, perfect step for a library career. Mm -hmm. Why did you go to library school? And based on your career so far, does that reasoning still hold? Good question. <laughs> um, so I went because my mother, she didn't finish her MLIS, but she started it. And then she took a staff position for a long time. And then, you know, she got her a nice retirement and everything. And so she, she thought it would be a stable thing. And I've always been a writer and an English, yeah, I had an English major or I was an English major, I can speak correctly. Um, and so I figured it would be, it would make sense. I also love, always like computers. So I figured the combination would work. Um, unfortunately, it didn't lead to, <laughs> to jobs right away. I graduated library school in 2009. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, tough time. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know if I'd recommend library school to someone, honestly. Um, Unless there's someone who has a lot of experience in the, in the field already and they know they can land a position. Um, I think uh, graduates of my age, or at least who graduated at the same time as me, we really never, well, no, I take that back. A lot of my friends have moved, landed a library job and moved on and everything and advanced, but I never got a professional library job. I worked in a library all through um, graduate school. And then after that, there were no jobs. So I just found myself in marketing kind of using the same skills. And then over the years, I've considered going back and getting a traditional library job, but they want people with experience. So I, I don't think that'll ever happen at this point, and I'm actually okay with that. Um, so yes and no, I'm, I'm happy I have the degree. It definitely gets me jobs, but um, I, if I were to do it all over, I might just do, uh, I might try for a computer science degree or mm -hmm. maybe a master of fine arts. Not sure, um, but you know, we don't change, the past, I would just say, <laughs> yeah, unless you're pretty sure you have 
a job waiting for you, um, or you've been unofficially in this, this, this capacity in your career, I don't know if I'm, I'm not sure if I would recommend it. Although I do, have, I, I do have friends who are happily employed as librarians and they are the same age and they graduated the same year as me. So my experience is not universal. But I think it's a fair point because obviously 2009-ish, 2008 wasn't anything we could have seen coming mm -hmm. as far as library jobs. But I think it's a fair point. Um, so I think a lot of times people go to library school because they know they think they know what they want to do. Mm -hmm. but they don't really look at the job market for what they want to do where they want to be mm -hmm. or make sure the program you want that you're in has the classes that you want mm -hmm. because some are more for school librarians some are mm -hmm. more you know it oriented or data or specials or public or so depending on what you what you think you want to do make sure you pick a program that has a solid um solid background in what you want to do Yes. Yeah, that's a fair point that depends what you want to do. If you, you know, which parts of library school do you need that maybe you could get mm -hmm. in a different degree where there are more, more full-time jobs? Yeah. Um, and I, I believe it, if you're looking for a library school, look for one that'll give you work experience. Um, you know, my Canadian friend is, has a lot of experience in the field, has it had advanced positions in the Cal State system. And she got her start by working in a library during library school. Mm -hmm. So in, in their library, so you have experience when you finish. I don't know if that exists anymore. I would hope so. I've, I've reached out to all of the ALA accredited library schools to mm -hmm. tell them about my podcast. Mm -hmm. And I've very, um, politely and nicely have said in many areas of the country there are not it's very difficult to find a good full-time job mm -hmm. out of library school so here are some other ideas of you know I've got all these interviews with people who've mm -hmm. done other things many outside libraries or in libraries that you never thought of mm -hmm. that maybe you could your students might want to listen to the podcast to see all these great things people are doing with these skills even if you're working a library, there can, you know, my, I say in the trailer for my podcast, why should the director be the end of the career path? Mm -hmm. There's so many things you can do with a degree. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I like your point about what you made about library school. Makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been really interesting. You're quite welcome. Um, you know, I, I'd like to, inter like we were mentioning with the conferences, I like to interface with people in the field because it's a bit rare these days, except at work. So yeah, thank you for having me. That's one of the benefits that I hadn't thought about when I started this in March um, is seeing people, like sort of seeing people online because like you said, I haven't, haven't seen anybody in you know, a year and a half or almost two years because of the pandemic. So there's mm -hmm. no networking or in-person or travel or anything. So that's been a benefit I hadn't counted on is doing this, is being able to talk to people doing great things and actually see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to Tani Swerdland for being my guest today on the Librarian Linkover. Thank you to listeners who've been listening and interacting with my podcast. I love hearing from listeners who tell me how useful they find the content that my guests and I have been providing. Please keep that feedback coming. 
Please like and follow the Librarian Linkover on your favorite podcast app and on social media. Plus, visit thelibrarianlinkover.com. Thank you so much for listening.